Yo, what's good, y'all? Uh, my name is Chris Shreve. Uh, thank you for tuning into Who Needs a Classroom. This is our first episode in podcast form, so that's dope. Usually we're just in an episode of me kind of talking, you know, into my camera in some form um, somewhere else. So we got the mic out in the studio, whatnot. We'll see if we stay here for future episodes or whatnot. But uh, it's a beautiful thing to come out there live and direct to all you podcast folks. So um, who am I? Uh, if you Google C. Shreve, the professor, you'll see my rap form uh, online. That's the thing I did and do in my life, uh, trying to pursue that full time these days. Um, and so podcasting, who knows, may come as, in as a key element of that. I don't know. When we're having to stay home for months on end, we need more flexibility. So maybe this will come become part of that for me. The uh, title I have, The Professor, that relates to also my academic background. Uh, up until 2020, I was a full-time senior lecturer at Appalachian State University. Uh, focusing on public health that will relate to some of the content you'll see here uh, in episodes in the future and some today as well. The professor is kind of you know, a rap ethos, but also um, a real life that I led for, you know, 12, 14 years of, of living in academia, but also um, splitting time uh, in another world um, in kind of the indie underground um, rap circuit. So that's kind of my introduction. I wanted you to know who I was and what the um, perspective I'm coming from is. And so, you know, who needs a classroom is kind of a space for me to kind of speak and, and, and explore ideas and to maybe share some knowledge and some things that I, I learned from the classroom or from my time on the road, uh, rapping, you know, to different folks all over the place. So um, it's kind of a space for me to do that. So um, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll, you'll come back and you'll, and you'll enjoy the discussions, but um, we had lots of different ideas. Some of those will relate to perspectives related to the um, the one I just kind of introed. So um, I'm trying to hit this weekly. We'll see how that goes. Um, it may be, you know, every other week here and there, but uh, start off weekly. We'll also talk sometimes about, you know, what rapping is kind of on a deeper level, um, kind of language and, you know, Raps are deeper than you than you think sometimes. So hitting hitting language is gonna be part of it. Um, sometimes my language uh, may you know stray into I don't know. Some people have bigger problem with the word fuck than others. <laughs> so this isn't really intended for for children per se. Although I don't cuss a lot. Um, sometimes you know if I have to say fuck Donald Trump, I'm gonna say fuck Donald Trump. So you know it's like that. Um, so. Not necessarily kid programming, although learning is kid friendly. So you can a lot of time have me on in the car, hopefully, with the kids are there. Cool. So that's context and content uh, related stuff. Um, so I used to look at the classroom as a sacred space, essentially a place where, you know, um, where learning could occur. And so that occurs multiple ways that can occur from the teacher to the student. It can occur from student to student to peer to peer. It can occur back from the student to the teacher. So kind of a two way street. And then I'll kind of all over in a discussion if we're, if we're really kind of get into it. So um, my goal is to hit some of the best parts of that here, although that's difficult with kind of the one day one way nature of kind of a monologue po podcast. So try to eventually bring some guests in um, that's a little difficult with you know 2020 uh, social distancing parameters but um, it's all good so I think some of the discussion can be you know putting ideas out there in this forum um, and then you know 
kind of coming back to it a week later, kind of reflecting on it, maybe interacting with it in some form or hearing what some folks have to say and feedback and whatnot. Um, so I think there can be some kind of a classroom interaction aspect here. I used to love the parts of class that weren't necessarily the content. So I think the content is a way to have some structure and talk about, you know, what's on the menu for today. But sometimes the best parts were the introduction or the, the discussion at the end or the kind of in-between side points. So I think you can still get that here as you kind of have narrative human thought exploration or some form of that. With that all being said, trying to develop, you know, learning channels in the classroom. You're trying to figure out where young minds want to go, uh, where you want to take them and how, how you can get them there. Um, and so developing that, that trust from, in this case, the listener, you guys, uh, that's what I'm attempting to do in these episodes initially. So it'd be difficult to talk about public health, which is kind of one of my wheelhouse type um, areas. Or um, in hip-hop, we talk a lot about social justice. We, that's really where hip-hop comes from. It's kind of the, the child of the civil rights movement. And so you can't really be a rapper, and in my case, a white rapper, or um, in my academic responsibilities previously, a, you know, a lecturer slash, you know, you know, practitioner slash, you know, public servant slash, depends on the, you know, which hat I'm putting on what, at what time, but you have to kind of practice what you preach and live it out. And then, so if I'm going to start a podcast, I can't not talk about the election. Um, the election steers the course. Um, who's in charge of the funding for your school district? Who decides how uh, districts are even drawn in the first place for voting? Um, you know, who funds and decides the regulations regarding bank funding and how um, equitable it is, um, especially in the context of America? So elections matter, obviously. With that being said, we have a full tilt election within the next two weeks here. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, what, the main line, the top of the card, Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. And this is kind of one unlike we've seen before. Um, the first debate was just, <laughs> I think someone on CNN, CNN literally called it a shit show. So um, if they're saying that on cable news, then, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be bad. But this matters, you know, the election matters, bottom line. So um, when we would talk about public health or we talk about health habits, we say, you know, a lot of times people want to, you know, say, oh, if you just have more will, willpower or more self-control and would exercise more or um, eat better, um, which is true that you would be healthier. But what's your resources? Where can you shop from? How easy is it to get that healthy meal? You know, what uh, what do you have in terms of safe exercise area? Is that as, as easy as folks might pretend that it is? It gets more complicated when you really look at it. But that is where the funding and stuff starts to matter, the policies. It's not as much just individual choice out here as you might sometimes say, oh, just, just say no, just don't smoke. Well, not everybody's kids get offered crack um, weekly or however often. You know, it's different neighborhood dangers out here. And so... Personal behavior and responsibility is part of how we move through the world, but also <clears throat> the public good, the the dangers that we present to folks. If we, you know, help them realize that a seatbelt's necessary, you know, that's that's going to help save lives. Um, so we want to do that for sure. When we don't do stuff like that, there's a social consequence. So we've seen that with with guns in America, obviously. 
we're seeing that with a president who has no real interest in governing, it seems like. And so to let that round two comes, shoo, an unbearable possible thought, you know, a second term with this guy. Um, so let's get into that. So with the idea that policy matters, um, a comedian I love, George Carlin, uh, has a bit, he uses it plenty of times, but um, he has a perspective that um, says, you know, it's the illusion of choice, right? You know, you get 32 flavors at Baskin Robbins, but you got to pick, you know, Democrat or Republican. And so there's an illusion of choice. And I, I definitely see the validity to some of that. Um, but when you watch Donald Trump go through this last term and the turmoil and the, I think the worst for me living in the South is kind of the restoking of just really outward, ugly bigotry um, that I see that I think he is stoked because as he dog whistles and sometimes just blatantly whistles and, and kind of, you know, what's he say? You know, stand by. Um, as that type of shit happens, then you you see more folks doing that literally on street level. And that's that's dangerous. That's that's ugly. That has no place in 2020. So um, that's that's a kind of a hideous thing. So there's a difference in the two folks you're going to elect here is a difference all, all the way down the bill um, that maybe at one time there wasn't a difference. Maybe at one time it was more, um, you know, these folks wanted, you know, higher level of taxes and more social services. And these folks wanted a lower level of taxes and more uh, emphasis on the rugged individual, whatever it might be in terms of American lore. <laughs> um, but not anymore. Um, you got senators open. What is what is Senator Lizzie Graham from South Carolina just say last week during his uh, questioning of the Supreme Court justice nominee to be or nominee, but you know to be. Um, he he said the good old days. What did he say? The good old days of segregation. Is that what he said? I think. I mean that's insane. You would use those those that terminology. That's not even you know hiding it. I mean that's just out in front. Um, that's outright bigotry. I mean, <clears throat> so when you have that in the Senate, when you have that coming from the top down, it changes the way that folks on the ground act. When you have a president openly flouting basic recommendations for health, and then folks obviously are going to see that and then act accordingly. So that's why you see that at the supermarket. I don't know what y'all see at the supermarket. My sister was super surprised when I told her how it was in the supermarket. People can't follow the arrows, can't just have basic understanding of entrance and exits and signs, just how the signs work. It's, it's, it's appalling sometimes, um, let alone, you know, face masks and whatnot. Um, and so when you've got that in the Senate, and you've got Trump here. Trump's just kind of this loose cannon who just is, you know, an egomaniac who wants, who truly believes in the, you know, no press is bad press type mindset. Um, he loves the attention. And so when you throw that into this, okay, these folks have truly evil agendas. And I'm not sure where his agenda was initially, but, you know, whether you're lying or not, your deeds, your actions, your words end up getting, you know, you kind of get held to them. And so your record, public record becomes what people are going to remember you by. So he's going to get lumped in with with all this. And whether he wants to pretend he's, you know, it was just for a political show or whatnot, it's it's going to be, you know, hung on your, um, kind of on your record. Um, and this guy, this guy's record, uh, for the record, this dude's a con man from the jump. 
Um, how many times did the Justice Department investigate his, um, him and his father's company? F- um, you know, in you know New York, uh, I guess they were renting apartments and just blatantly, um, you know, disregarding any kind of normal decency in terms of uh, equity or fair uh, approach to lending uh, or to renting out. Um, and it happened multiple times. I think it's on records. It look look at his court record. Look at these new uh, the new article in the New York Times, which of course he'd say you know f- fake news or whatever new terminology he he has for the factual account of how things are. Um, but this matters. This starts to matter in terms of how humans are treated in cities. When we start to see uh, what do we see from the um, the justice to be potentially she she couldn't name you know the right to protest in her basic kind of five outlined freedoms um no shocker there it starts to matter when you look at who's in office and your basic kind of civil duty to to vote or not vote and i've heard folks say i'm not voting and that's kind of george carlin argument like it's the same oh it doesn't matter i'm not voting i think he literally says that i'm not i'm staying home and you know i love his material but i don't really agree with this philosophically i think you know, the idea of privilege is tricky for people to wrap their head around because um, as soon as you tell, like, a white man who's poor from the South that he was, you know, he has privilege and he's acknowledged that, he's going to be like, I've never been privileged in my life. I've never eaten a silver spoon. And he's right. He didn't live a life of, in his mind, were the word privilege. And so the word trips him up. It's the terminology. Um, he doesn't really take it for a privilege that he's going to get his basic rights, you know, um, given or you be you know be given basic rights by a state trooper if he's speeding um and so he doesn't think of that as a privilege he thinks that is just like a standard basic thing and when there's a reality for somebody else it's very very different and so <clears throat> that's why it matters there's a ground level reality of these things and so when there's these two clearly different folks so look at trump we have um you know, and I know I know Biden has his faults. We could get to those, and we could you know go back and forth all day. But let's 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 just hit Trump for a second. Um, this is a guy who, from the jump, his political career gets going from saying that Barack Obama is not from America, and we have to find his birth certificate. If not, he's he's his whole presidency is illegitimate. That's where his conspiracy. That's what, that his conspiracy idea is where his political career starts. So when you think about that, that helps you realize, okay, he's he's into conspiracies, and and you see it. You see it with his response to Corona, his just randomly, you know, spouting off ideas that where do they come from? And they come from folks who have, you know, who like this this kind of outlandish idea. Um, the problem with conspiracies, the basic problem is as as you break them down, how many people would have to be involved? How many people would have to be conspiring for this to you know go through? And the problem with Corona is when the death toll goes up and beyond two hundred twenty thousand, that's two hundred twenty thousand what death certificates to fake. That's two hundred twenty thousand families that are in on it, doctors sets of doctors that are in on it, staffs of nurses that are in on it. And it falls apart pretty quickly. So um, a lot of conspiracies fall apart pretty quickly under any scrutiny like that. And so I know they're fun to have, you know, talks about when you're drinking. But um, conspiracy theories are not always going to really hold up under much uh, factual scrutiny of any kind. For the most part, there are there are some exceptions, obviously. This is a person who then took that idea of, of you know, Barack Obama wasn't born here. Um, and then... 
a step further when he be, actually gets this momentum going to you know the MAGA theme, this idea of previous American greatness. Um, when was that? <clears throat> just just ponder in your brain what is this greatness period that's being referred to. I, I mean, you just pick a decade and, and kind of think about what, what is this greatness of America? Because, I mean, from the jump, we're kind of, as soon as we get here and kind of off the rip, it's genocide. We're, we're taking out and stealing land, taking out people and stealing land. We are claiming things for our own that aren't really necessarily our own. Uh, we, we're coming, bringing into and continuing a practice, uh, you know, in other, from other lands of, of slavery. Um, that, so, so from the jump, I don't see the greatness kind of in that first, you know, in the colonization period. I'm not seeing greatness there. You know, when is that? When is this greatness period? If it's, if it's, you know, not during slavery, is it during Reconstruction? Is it during um, the Jim Crow South? Um, is it, you know, I, I don't see greatness necessarily happening during the Civil War or during its, its, you know, periods before or after necessarily kind of looking for you know where that might reside if we're if we're talking you know oftentimes the world war ii generation right um you know going into the world into that world war second world war we didn't really kind of show up when jewish citizens of germany asked for help much of the world turned their back on them and and watched kind of or looked the other way and, and kind of you know kind of silent horror at what was going on um and so that wasn't greatness, uh, you know. Obviously, you know, stepping up later and and becoming part of the Allied forces and and kind of you know, you know, pushing back fascists and, and Nazis was obviously greatness. But to reference that with this current form of white nationalism is preposterous. To say that was greatness and then you're acting like this doesn't really align. So if that's the reference, that doesn't really work for me. Um, and if you think of that same time period, what happened when folks came home from World War II? Are we talking about suburbs? Are we talking about American suburbs, the thriving American time when we come back from Nazi and literally um, look up the first one in, in New York? Um, what's that town called? Uh, it evades me the name of that first huge suburb. But specifically in its charter, that it would be, you know, white folks in the homes. So we literally won a war that was against basically genocide and then embody that idea of Nazism with this entire neighborhood. Um, that's preposterous. Um, so that's not greatness necessarily. Is it, you know, rising out of the Great Depression? I mean, you know, that's the previous period, I guess. You know, that's, that's, that's an excellent one, um, you know, for American lore, so to speak. But, you know, when you break down any period, you'll, you'll see some, some aspects of greatness and then you'll see, you know, what else was happening? I mean, is it the '80s when we have this huge, you know, this incredible build of wealth gap? When we have, you know, the crack cocaine, uh, crack cocaine epidemic throughout most every American city of any size? You know, is it not the '90s? Is that a great American time period with you know the crime bill, um, the war on drugs? Are, the, are these great American things? So, what are we returning to? Um, we were turning to school shootings. What's the greatness period that just that's passed that we're getting right back to? So I think a lot of the times the rosy, you know, tinted glasses of we got to get back to, you know, leave it to beaver time. Well, there was things going on in those same times that weren't so great. And that's pretty consistent throughout all of American history. And, you know, if you don't see that, uh, it's it's just what's the doom? You're good. You're doomed to repeat it type of thing. I mean, um, 
getting back to this idea of greatness kind of white, totally whitewashes the reality of what happened. Um, folks from Wall Street love to point back at the heyday of the 80s. Um, what happened in the 80s? Uh, wasn't it 89? Or no, 86. When Philadelphia bombed an entire block? Left, like fire just in complete, you know, leveled or mo pretty much leveled. Look it up. Look up Philadelphia bombing. Um, th is that greatness? You know, right in the middle of kind of this thriving time in America. Um, I think I became a rapper largely because it felt like the most real lens of what was actually happening in America. The in your suburbs on looking on your TV version of America is is not really representative of what we see. And now America has social media has the lenses of TikTok and folks, you know, dying on real time Facebook streams in their car after being shot by police. We're seeing this seeing the reality of the ugly underbelly of what things are. And to be lied to over and over it kind of makes sense that Trump would be the president now, right? I mean, after all the lies that America has believed and spoon-fed itself and kind of over and over pretended were, were real, wouldn't we get this president? Um, would somebody say, you know, we, we, uh, we elected a reality show president and now we're all living in Survivor? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's insane. It's a crazy, crazy place we live in right now. And so it makes a difference when you vote it makes a difference don't don't be the person that didn't vote here um it's an easy vote um for sanity for you know for decency um for basic the basics um of what's going on um as i said in the beginning like trump is is one thing but then the party he has gotten the support of these are folks that have co-opted this that have said that that out, outright bigotry is okay that have stood by and watched as America has kind of burned. Um, these are folks that will claim, <clears throat> you know, what pro-life and, and it's for the babies to the end, but yet what's pro-life about your policy? What takes care of the kids when they're here? What takes care of young moms when they're here? What takes care um, of the schools where most kids are gonna go? What happens to the folks who have chronic disease when you have your way with our healthcare system. When you really think about these things, folks' policies are way, way, way less pro-life. And I guess pro-birth? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand y'all's perspective. I don't. I don't. Uh, the fact of the matter is, from a health perspective, if I'm teaching this in a classroom, um, abortions are going to happen whether you make them legal or not. Look at any county in the U.S., any country in the world, if you attempt to restrict, attempt to um, make illegal, watch that one. If you ban abortions, watch what happens. Watch what happens to women. Watch what happens to the health of your society. Um, there are easy reference points for this. You have a Googler. Google it up. It's not difficult. So um, we, don't need, we don't need to take step back or take steps back in terms of our progression. And we're way behind on healthcare in terms of where um, we could be with modern thinking. Um, we can do this. We'll talk a lot more about healthcare in future episodes. That's gonna tend to be a, a focus point because um, it's always in the news and it's, it's, a, it's a reality and it's, it's kind of my professional expertise spot. I'm trying to think what else there was to hit. 
bottom line, I want y'all to go vote. I don't plan to have tons of episodes like this one, um, but it's the least you can do. To not vote is to, as I was talking about privilege earlier, to not vote is to exercise privilege. It's to step back and say, ah, you know, I guess I'll be good no matter what happens. Some folks won't be good no matter what happens. Some folks don't need another four years of Trump. Uh, America doesn't need another four years of the judges that will be in office, of the of the ridiculous rhetoric, of of the way that it emboldens folks who are absolutely violent and dangerous for communities around the U.S. Um, as somebody who grew up in a in various very racist parts of the South, inflaming that tension is not necessary, and we don't need a leader who is just throwing gas on that every chance he gets. So we should long ago have seen a line that he shouldn't have crossed or there should have been kind of a, a breaking point, but it's all kind of on us. It's on us to vote him out. Um, you know, I'm not saying the Democrats are superheroes on the other side. Um, I'm not thrilled with them. I can't believe that we haven't gotten somehow some type of a coalition to stop this during impeachment or, or whatever, but that's my, you know, optimistic thinking that, you know, your politicians could do something and check things the way they're supposed to. Um, but he was impeached. They just didn't successfully, you know, whatever. Let's, uh, let's make sure the kind of the American people's choice is clear. And so go out there and vote. Um, nobody could really have done a worse job. So, you know, your vote speaks loud and clear. I voted by mail a couple weeks ago. Some of y'all may have done the same. Hopefully uh, the rest of you get, you know, hit the polls. There'll be fun topics I'll hear on who wants to, uh, needs a classroom, but I felt the need to, I don't know. If you're listening to this, please go vote. I think that's kind of the most important thing we can do to kick off this. Um, let's kind of take a mulligan on 2020 and, and have our decade, have these, you know, what, the roaring 20s, have them um, get to a better place because, you know, 2020 has just been... Not what we're wanting, I don't think. So, yeah, thank y'all for y'all's time. We'll see where our thoughts take us in future episodes, um, you know, and lead us to. But uh, if you have topics you want to hear, you know, leave them in the comments on whatever platform um, you're checking this out on. I'm going to post uh, the videos to YouTube. The audio will be everywhere else. Um, yeah, thank y'all. Uh, new music on the way for y'all rap listeners. Uh, if you want to check out some hip-hop, check out c.shreve the professor um thank y'all kindly uh who needs a classroom uh you do i do we all need to learn so thank y'all kindly peace